This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, September 5th, 2021. In other words, hope, given by Pastor Karen Bunnell. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Karen Bunnell, and I am a happily retired United Methodist pastor. I'm delighted to be here with you this morning. I've been friends with Carrie and Alan for a long time, and when they asked me to stand in for them when they were taking some time away, I jumped at the chance. I've been here with you in worship a couple of times. Whenever I had a Sunday off, I would come here, and I've been here a couple of times during the pandemic. So I am delighted to be here this morning, but I'm doubly delighted because Carrie and Alan have given me the privilege of kicking off a new sermon series for Connection which you saw is entitled, In Other Words. These sermons will be centered on acronyms, like today, which is H-O-P-E, HOPE, and others like A-S-A-P, T-G-I-F, and F-R-O-G, which you'll have to come to church in order to figure out what those are. But today we begin with hope, holding on to promise every day. Not a bad way to begin a sermon series, is it? So let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, our God, thank you for waking us up this morning and bringing us together here for worship. Thank you for all the blessings you pour into our lives. And today, we especially praise you for hope, the hope you put in our hearts. Be with us now as we spend time with your word. Pour your spirit upon us all that each of us might hear what we need to hear for our lives this day. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Has anybody here stopped watching the news? Half of the other servers said yes. Well, you know, I was on vacation recently with a bunch of Bible study friends, and I discovered one night as we were deciding what to watch on television that several of them no longer watch the news. I don't much watch it either, and I was a news junkie. I would turn it on first thing in the morning, I would watch it, the national news at 6.30 at night, and then I'd watch it sometimes at 11. But like many of my friends on that trip, I have pretty much stopped watching the news because, well, it's too depressing. Turn on the news on any given day, and it usually starts out bad and ends worse. As I was writing this sermon one night, I just took note of what was on the news. It started out with shocking pictures from Hurricane Ida, and then it turned to grim statistics about COVID, suffering, and death and moved on to the never-ending fight about vaccines and wearing masks, changed over to heart-rending pictures of families desperate to get out of Afghanistan, and then went on to the seemingly never-ending story of the divisive politics in Washington. And that was the first half of the broadcast. It's too much. Too much sadness. Too much struggle, too much. Sometimes we just have to turn it off. We don't want to think about the troubles of this life. Oh, were it that easy to get away from the troubles in our own lives? All of us know that trouble comes into everyone's life at one time or another, and when it does, we don't have the option of just turning it off or ignoring it. Trouble comes and we have to deal with it. Nobody's immune from trouble. As the old saying goes, into every life, a little rain must fall. And I remember a preaching professor of mine 
telling us that every person sitting in church on any given Sunday is in some kind of pain. You know, it could be small, almost insignificant pain, but some people are sitting here in agony. Well, today I'm going to remind you of some people in agony in the Bible. It's the story of Ruth and Naomi, which can be found in the book of Ruth in the Old Testament, the beginning of the Bible. It's actually the seventh book in the Bible. Indeed, the book of Ruth is a story of some women in agony. Trouble has come into their lives, huge trouble, seemingly insurmountable trouble. So let me remind you of their story. There once was a man named Elimelech who lived in a country that was stricken with famine. So he took his family and they went to the land of Moab. Now Elimelech was married to a woman named Naomi and they had two sons, one named Malon and one named Chilion. And so at the beginning of their story, they have hope. They're getting away from the famine and they have hope for their future. And then Elimelech dies, leaving Naomi a widow. But she still has her sons who will take care of her and watch over her. And so they both got married. One married a woman named Orpah and the other a woman named Ruth. So things continue to look up and surely Naomi's thinking that grandchildren are going to come along at any time soon. So she's happy. But then disaster strikes again because both of the men die. Both of her sons die, Malon and Chilion. Now there are three women all on their own. And if you know anything about that day and time, you know that makes them extremely vulnerable. So Naomi, hearing that things are somewhat better back in their homeland, decides she should go back. And since her daughters-in-law are not from her homeland, she tells them to go ahead and go back to their families and she'll go on alone. You can tell from her words that she's given up. She's hopeless. She knows that even if she marries again, she's too old to have any more children, so who's going to protect her or them? Who would watch over them? It's like she's telling her daughters-in-law that she has given up. So they should just go ahead, take care of themselves. Her troubles are defeating her. She has nothing left. She's bereft. She's miserable, and she actually tells people that she's going to change her name to Mara, which means bitter. That alone tells us that Naomi's troubles are defeating her. Eventually, one of the daughters-in-law, Orpah, decides to go ahead and agree with Naomi and leave and go back to her family. But Ruth, Ruth does something different. She chooses to deal with her troubles in an entirely different way. She chooses to deal with their troubles with hope. She pledges to stay with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and not leave her side. It seems that Ruth has this tiny seed of hope in her heart and she follows where her heart leads. I think it was precisely because she hoped in God that Ruth could live with hope. Hers wasn't a sunshiny, deny reality kind of hope. It was hope grounded in the promises of God to always be there, to always make a way, to bring life out of death. Friends, there are so many scriptures in the Bible that remind us of the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness upon which Ruth was putting her trust like these words in Deuteronomy. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, 
For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Or these words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And these found in Jeremiah. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. And there are so many more. The pages of the Bible are filled with stories and reminders that God is a God who is always with us, who never forsakes us, who carries us through all the times of our lives, good and bad, and who always makes a way. How could Ruth hope when things were so desperate for she and Naomi? How can we hope when things get so bad in our lives and in our world? We hope because we know the God in whom we believe. And we have seen what God has done in the past. Ruth knew that God had blessed her in her life with so much and taken her to places she might never thought she could go. He had richly blessed her and she counted on him richly blessing her again. That's the God in whom Ruth believed. And we can live with hope because we too know what God has done for us. God has richly blessed us in the past as well. And his greatest blessing, his greatest blessing was a gift of his son Jesus to give us life, full life, rich life, abundant life, eternal life. The God who has given us all that and more, friends, can be counted on to carry us through our troubles and into a new future. And so I invite you to look back on your own life, on your times of trouble, and remember how God got you through them, sometimes in surprising ways. I want to look back on my life for the past year and tell you a little bit about it and tell you why I'm on a walker. Um, it's amazing what God has done in my life in the past year. Last year, just about this time, my cat scratched me on the leg and it got infected with cat scratch fever. And it got badly infected. Now, it had happened before and I had been hospitalized and they'd give me heavy-duty IV antibiotics, so I knew I had to do that. So I sat down in my recliner, get some things ready to go to the hospital, and I prepared to stand up, and I had one of those kickback recliners, you know, you kick the foot back. And I knew I had to protect my bad leg. So I stood up and kicked back with this leg, and as soon as I did, a searing pain went through my knee. I had torn my meniscus. I couldn't walk. I was in agony. And so we had to call the ambulance to take me to the hospital. When I arrived there, I assumed that they would just put me on an IV for the infected leg and then deal with the wounded knee. But I was astounded, astounded to learn from the emergency room doctor that I was critically ill with sepsis. His words to me were actually these. If you code tonight, do you want us to resuscitate you? Well, thus began a journey that continues to this day. The first part of the journey was horrible. I couldn't walk. I couldn't have anybody with me because of COVID. When I was transferred to a rehab facility in Wilmington, I received horrible, if not negligent care. It was the darkest time in my life. I'm a pretty upbeat person, but I was really depressed. 
I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything for myself, I was getting terrible care, and I really wondered if I was going to survive. There were times when I couldn't even find words with which to pray. But somewhere deep inside me, there was hope. Because I was able to pray hymns. And so I prayed standing on the promises. I prayed because he lives. I prayed stand by me. I prayed my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Somewhere deep inside me was hope in God. So I held on to promise every day and God made a way. God sent some pretty special people into my life during that dark time. One of them, by the way, was your own precious Carrie Jones. These people were always there for me, even in the middle of the night when I was desperately lonely, sad, and afraid. And God made a way for me to be transferred from that awful facility to here to Middletown to encompass health, where they literally saved my life and put me back on my feet again. God made a way. And the memory of that will always carry me through whatever life brings my way, good or bad. And therein, friends, lies the source of my hope. I can count on God for my future because he has always been with me in my past. And that's why I think Ruth could go on. That's why she could stay by Naomi's side and walk into an unknown future because she had hope. She held on to promise every day. And the source of Ruth's hope was God. What God had done for her in the past, she counted on God to do for her in the future, to make a way. And so God did. Naomi and Ruth traveled back to Bethlehem, and when they arrived there, they met a kinsman of Elimelech's named Boaz. And after a time, Ruth married Boaz, and then they had a son together. Naomi's heart was full, for this little boy brought her back to life. Her bitterness was gone. And the story has so much more to tell us because Ruth and Boaz named their child Obed. He would go on to be the father of Jesse, and Jesse would go on to be the father of David. And if you look in the genealogy at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, this is what you will see. All of these men were forefathers of Jesus. God made a way. Oh, did God make a way. Ruth's hope was well-placed, was it not? She trusted that the God who acted in her past was the same God with her in the present and the God who would make a way for them in the future. My friends, that's what hope is all about. It's not wishful thinking. It's faith in the future because of trust in God. It's why Paul considered hope so essential that in 1 Corinthians he includes it along with faith and love as hallmarks of the Christian life. Now, if Ruth could have the kind of hope she did, friends, how much more can we hold on to promise every day because we know what God did for us in Christ Jesus? Ruth didn't know that, but we know that. We know that God sent Jesus into the world for us and for our salvation. We know that Jesus gave his life for us. How much more should we then be people of hope? You know, if my preaching professor was right, and I believe he was, some of you have come here today with hearts that are hurting. 
I don't know what they are hurting because of, but I do know this, that even in your pain, even in your struggle, you can still have hope because God is with you and God has loved you and cared for you in the past and he will do so now and make a way for you in the future. You can count on it. You can count on it. And so I want to close today with an image for you to take home with you. I'm sure many of you have heard about this and probably seen it on the internet or on television. It's a little clip about two brothers called the Bus Stop Brothers. Take a look at it. Most kids look forward to the bus ride home after a long day of school, but Max Tingle enjoys his drop-off for a totally different reason. What's up, big dog? His older brother Noah is waiting for him outside each day, donning anything from an LSU football uniform to today's firefighter outfit. It's my last year of high school, and I saw he was coming off the bus when I was at home, so I just want to embarrass him. Rain or shine, Noah makes sure he's out front when his brother's bus comes down the street. Usually, a warm embrace follows, but originally for Max, it wasn't something he totally looked forward to. At first, I was surprised and kind of embarrassed, but now I'm just used to it. And the costume greeting has taken on a life of its own. A Facebook page now dedicated to the Daily Charade has hundreds of followers. It's gotten a lot bigger than I thought it would ever be. I thought I would keep it going, but I was expecting it to kind of be, you know, just something me, my friends, and my family, and a few other people we know to kind of catch on. But for the amount of people that saw it and loved it, it was just crazy. Teachers, students, strangers, even the bus driver, all checking in each day to see what exactly Noah will be wearing. From Santa Claus to Max's favorite Chewbacca, it's always a surprise until that bus pulls up. I mean, the first outfit was just kind of something silly, and then I started to come up with more ideas. But then when my mom started posting them, people were donating different costumes and outfits, so just started using theirs. A few weeks into the school year, Noah doesn't know how much longer he'll keep his welcome home ritual going. But before college starts calling next year, he wants to make sure Max has plenty of good memories regardless of how goofy they may be. Now, why did I show you that clip? Well, because I think that older brother gives us a beautiful picture of what God looks like. Always there, always reaching out, always seeking what's best for us, wanting to give us joy, and always there ready to wrap his arms around us no matter what we're going through. On a good day, on a bad day, every day. God is always there for us, and therein lies our hope. Hope, holding on to promise every day. Friends, go forth from this place and be people of hope. No matter what life brings your way, choose to hold on to promise every day. Be people of hope. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for your never-ending presence in our lives, for always being there, for always making a way. Help us, especially when we're struggling, to look back and to remember your faithfulness and, and to look forward with hope, trusting you to carry us through whatever life brings our way. Oh God, all of us have come here today with people on our hearts and our minds, people who are hurting in some way. They especially need to be filled with hope. They especially need our prayers. And so, Lord, just for a minute, in silence, we will lift these names to you.
O precious Lord, help all of them and all of us hold on to promise every day, for our hope is in you, and you are ever faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.